The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson and Fred Zinke here. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by the good folks at WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, guys. If you're in one of those six states that allows for uh, sports betting, please patronize WinBet. It would, would help us greatly, and I think they have a good product, too, so go check it out. Fred, how you doing, my man? I'm good. I'd like to say every, I never mentioned this, but every week, the opening little theme song, it gets me fired up a little bit. That nice. theme song we have now to start the live feed. Um, like I'm not saying it sends my heart rate to like 150 or anything, but it sends it up a few beats a minute. Every time I hear it, I get a little more fired up for, for talking baseball. Yeah. It's not quite Alex Chilton by the replacements, but it's, it's, it's high up there on my list too. I like it too. Yeah. Um, your Jays had a good night. Vlad Guerrero woke up, uh, had two homers yesterday. They actually got Robbie Ray some uh, run support. Uh, Robbie Ray is pitching great. Just was unbelievable. I was getting no run support whatsoever. Yeah, on a team that was supposed to score runs all the time and and was scoring runs all the time, but lately hasn't been scoring runs all the time. Yeah, Robbie Ray's been unbelievable. On the topic of the Blue Jays, they absolutely have to sweep Baltimore. Like they, if you have ground to make up. Like you have to, they have no more games against the Red Sox this year. That's the team that's easiest to catch for them right now yeah. for that last spot. They have to win these next two days against Baltimore. There's no two ways about it. You can't lose games to Baltimore right now right. if you're the Blue Jays. I mean, the, the Yankees could blow a Baltimore game. They've got a little to play with, but the Blue Jays don't. On the topic of Robbie Ray, though, like I find him just fascinating this year. Uh, in, in more than just, okay, so he's pitching great. I get it. He came over to the Blue Jays last year. He made, what, five appearances, four starts. He threw 20 and two-thirds innings. Those innings were not impressive. 174 whip. Something about him, though, the Blue Jays staff felt that they could fix because they immediately went out and grabbed him to keep him on a one-year deal. Like, I think before free agency even opened, like when just they had the exclusive negotiating, you know, window with him. They went out and kept him on a one-year deal. They were committed to him right away and when they made that move i thought it was so dumb and i was like yeah oh gosh, you this hated guy, it that's right i thought I this guy is going to be a nightmare i'm going to be I, I thought maybe the only plan that made sense was they were going to have him throw like four inefficient but hopefully decent innings and then piggyback him like with a right hander and 
I was like, okay, maybe that's the plan. Four innings from a lefty off the start of the game, and then something really creative. And then it turns out they it's nothing creative. They've actually just turned him, helped him turn himself into like an amazing starter who doesn't walk too many batters, but still has the strikeout rate that he had when he was in Arizona. It's even more impressive now that he's in the American League East. Um, I don't know what to do with Rob. Like the, the answer is simple for the rest of this year. If you have him, you roll him out every start, obviously, which is probably your best pick. Um, but looking ahead, I don't yet know what to do with him next year. And I think a lot of it for me will depend on where he signs. And I never usually say this with a pitcher, but I might feel better if he signed back in Toronto because they seem to have figured him out. I think so too. Uh, if he signs with Toronto, how early are you willing to take him? Can he, will he be your ACE? Will he be your SP two? No. He can be my SP two. I think if I, especially if I'm not going like aces or like eight, like, like one, two, like, like if I'm not doing the, like, like rounds one, two, like, okay. So rounds, if he was back in Toronto, I'll say round four. I'll say round four. I don't know if he'll last that long. Once the starters, he might last that long in January and February and start getting pushed up in the middle of March to round three. This is just a guess, but the strikeout projection will be so high because he's going to strike out this year, like 240. And he's got to get two other years, three other years, sorry, of at least 218. So you can reasonably project for him if you like him, like 220 Mm -hmm. strikeouts next year, which is you're not going to do for a lot of pitchers. It'll just be what you project for the ratios. And I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to get that whip, especially if I'll be able to get it down low enough where mathematically he comes in and like round, I don't know if I can get that whip down where he comes in with like the Brandon Woodruffs and guys like that. I I know the whip's really low this year, but I just like, we all know regression comes for people. I know he's improved. His whip this year is 1.01. His career whip's 1.32. What do you think, Jeff? What could you, what right now, what would you say for next year? Like 1.2? 1.15. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, Fred. Uh, when I do projections, I do three-year weighted averages. Okay. It's it's unless I well the thing is so although it's going to be weird because we had two months in twenty because last year's whip was almost two. Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah. also I'm also I'm not going to multiply it by three. Uh, right. To make, just make it work. Right. I don't think I am at least, but I mean right. I got to have enough of a sample from 2020 for it to count though too. I mean, it's so tough. I'll, I'll probably chicken out and have something around one three. I don't know. I mean, which means you won't get him anywhere. So I just no hundred percent. I mean, is, unless I'm I'm completely tweaking it yeah. to reflect it. You know, so 2017, he had a 289 and a 115 whip. I mean, yep. you could see that there it existed. That was the outlier. Yep. Yep. But that, remember, that was the first of the juice ball years too. That was that yep. was a big big homer year he yep. he didn't give up a lot of homers in fact one thing about Robbie Ray is he's not necessarily a go for go for tastic guy uh he's a I mean he's not he's not a pure ground baller either by any means he's not but uh he's pretty normal I'd say in today's environment 25 this year though that's actually kind of high for fairly high yeah. we got another month still left he's gonna end up over 30 Man, I don't know. Uh, but he might throw 200 innings. Um, so his his ER his whip, sorry, since the start of 2019. So if you were going to take the last three seasons but not weight them equally, just take the total whip, which yeah. would then take out the weight of 2020. It's right now it's 128. So yeah. if you project 128 for him, I would say that you will not get him in any leagues because there'll be people who have way more recency bias and will project. 1.1, 1.13, something like that. I don't know if I'll go down to there, but one point right. I might go at 
two, if you want to get a little optimistic, like 1.2 feels kind of optimistic, but fair. Um, I'm going to have he, to dig on him a little bit more before I commit to that number. If he went back yeah. to the national league, also, this would be very interesting. If he went to a team that pitches well, typically, mm-hmm. and, and is in the national league, that also would be, let's say he goes to the Braves or something like that, like a good national league team. Right. That does fine with their pitching. And now he's back in a league where pitchers are bad. Well, I don't think pitchers will bat in the national league. Actually forget. I haven't said any of that. So I'm kind of, <laughs> I don't think that that's just a reflex reaction. Like, like obviously like him having such a great strikeout rate in Toronto this year is also impressive for that reason. Right. Not just it's the AL East, but he's, he's not getting pitchers batting. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I I'm thinking kind of like 3.5 and 1.2. I think that would get me like in the discussion, but maybe not quite get him. I don't know. He's been 3.5, pretty- 1.2, and 200 strikeouts might get him. And maybe it might end up being like what signings team he signs with, and that tweaks our win projection. Yeah, you know, here's the thing it's stupid to project wins, but we got to do it. Yep. Um, I, maybe not stupid, that, that's overly harsh, Jeff. Come on, stop. Stop using such hateful language. <laughs> uh, but uh, at the same time, I, I it's fraught with peril uh yep. to project wins because first of all you know it's all based on run support defense luck of the draw who you're going against other pitcher wise your bullpen and then every marginal win changes the dollar value so much changes yep. the rank so much you take away two wins from any pitcher's projection you're like oh wow that's three rounds gone right there and it's 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 really kind of an kind of tricky that way Yeah. So I don't know about you. So what I do when I try to project the wins because of that, because we need to project them and they do matter, but we have to like, we can't let those wins. If you're using SGPs, for example, we can't let those win projections just drive their value. So I tend to smush the pitchers towards the middle, Mm -hmm. factoring in how many innings they're going to throw how well they're going to throw them and who, but also who they play for. So if two guys were going to do, I, I thought we're going to throw the same innings with the same ERA and one was on Boston and one was on Baltimore. You know what I mean? Like the Baltimore guy would get like 11 wins and the Boston guy gets like 13 or 14 or something like that. So it's given them a bump, but I do try to smush them to the middle. Like I don't project anyone for, I, I don't even know in this environment. I don't think this year I projected anyone for more than 16. I think I might've projected like DeGrom Cole for like, maybe I put Cole at 17. I don't think so. I think I might've just gone to 16. So I kind of smush all the starting pitchers to between like 10 and 16. So there, it does weight the wins, but I try mm-hmm. to minimize it a bit, but you do have to acknowledge the fact. So I just was looking. So this, this is interesting for now we're off on a tangent, but I think a good one here are the wins. Like le- here are the wins leaders so far by team. Dodgers, Cubs, Dodgers, Yankees, Cardinals, A's, Giants, Braves, Blue Jays, Dodgers, Brewers, White Sox, uh, Giants, Mariners, Braves, Astros, Rockies, Reds, Phillies. So if I take it, so that's night. That's the top nineteen. It's the pitchers with eleven wins so far. Kyle and Hendricks is just hanging out there. By Kyle Hendricks, saying, hello, I'm the outlier. And and Herman Marquez <laughs> is sitting there at eleven wins. Those are the only two teams on that list with losing records, which right. is fascinating. And and this is something I'm kind of like noticing on the fly. And it's not like this every year. Once in a while, there are other guys that you know, that creep in there from losing teams, but and not all those teams are like the Rays or whatever, or, you know, I, I know there's like three Dodgers in there, although Scherzer's in there. He's one of them. He did get some of his wins on the Dodgers though recently, which has pumped him up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But by the way, but name those the brewer good. without looking. Name the brewer. I'll give you three bets, three guesses. You still probably won't get it. Yeah, I would. I, I would have gotten it. I think because Brent Suter has been a big part of my yeah. fab thinking recently. Because he's a guy who's kind of on the waiver wire in some of my leagues, he's and it's hanging like hanging out there with those twelve wins. Hi guys. He is. Look at yeah. Me. So it does show. Just looking at that, like it does show that when you're cha- if you're going to draft pitchers. And there's so much speculation anyways with these guys and they get hurt so much and whatever. You're probably, at least if you're deciding between two guys, at least better off to consider just that their team's at least competitive. Like just avoid, like like some of these teams aren't contenders, but the Phillies, even the Phillies, the Cardinals, right, that are in there. I think I said the Reds. I said Seattle. Like these teams are all above 500. So I like I like I didn't other than like you said Kyle Hendricks is sitting there as the outlier in ERA he is also sitting there as the outlier he's the only one on the list other than him and Marquez are not only the only two guys on losing teams they're the only two guys from that list with an ERA above four right um, and Hendricks about four and a half so anyways I think it does make sense to chase pitchers at least at the beginning of your draft later in your draft I think you're fully chasing skills but early in the middle of your draft like at least chase guys on teams who you think will be respectable. 500-ish teams. Like, there are no Marlins on the list I just mentioned. No, no, you know, no Pirates, no Diamondbacks. They just can't, you can't get the wins I probably on those teams. My six shares of Sandy Alcantara are just screaming at yeah. me. Yeah. Like, idiot. Come on. Although were they were a playoff team last year. That's the other thing. It's easy to look at all this stuff in playoff hindsight. Team, though. I mean, yeah, they, they even won Well, they were series. a 500-ish team last year. They got outscored by 40 runs, though. We all knew they weren't going to be any good. Yeah, I mean, Sandy Alcantara does have eight wins. If he had a nice finish, he could get to like 11 or something. That's not quite what we were hoping for. You're probably hoping for a couple right. more than that. But Just yeah, saying so, that the quality of pitcher isn't going to match the win. Yep. That's all. Yep. That's all oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I try to match the, like I said, I try to push my win stats projections to the middle. And I don't project guys for massive win totals. And I don't project them. If, I, if I'm projecting them for a full season of starting, I don't project them for super low win totals because I'm accepting that they're so variable. But right. there has to be a bit of a team context there. So, yeah, and, and all that stuff will matter. What One thing I was going to say about Ray before we totally leave him is he's actually surprisingly durable too. His mm-hmm. he, he has low innings totals from previous seasons, but that's not because he was hurt a lot. It's because he couldn't get deep into games because he was walking everybody. Uh, you know, he has like a lot of seasons, like he made his starts last year. He wasn't hurt the year before 33. He's got a 24 in there. But if I'm looking at the previous going back to 2016, I got a 32, a 28. That's those are both awesome. A 24. That's a little low, but it's not the worst. Doesn't kill you. A 33, a 33. And then these past two seasons, he had had 11 starts last year. That's normal for that 60 game season. And he's made all his starts this year. So he's also an interesting in that regard. He's, um, Almost, he'll be 30 uh, right as the season ends. And so he's not old and he's yeah. been pretty injury free so far. Any pitcher can get hurt, but he's been pretty injury free so far. Yeah. I won't try to predict too many contracts right now because you know, this offseason is going to be nuts, but yep. uh, and not in a good way. Uh, but, you know, I expect him to get a multi year deal this year. So we'll a- see. Absolutely. He, he's one of the most interesting guys and that it only takes one team to fall in love with him and pay him big but there'll be i think a lot of teams that are just say no i I can't do it i can't after all those years of inconsistency in the walks like i can't pay him big but it it, i think a couple teams will be after yeah and the blue jays might be one of them they should be probably the way he's done this year especially given the context that he's doing in the al east i mean i think that's that's right and they're trying to win now 
Exactly. So, so offer him three years or something like that. And I, he might be a three years at a good salary. He might take that. And that's another piece with Brios and Ryu, like to try to lock into a rotation where they expect to contend for the next three years or so with this hitting core. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, too, if you look at, you know, what they've done, I mean, they traded away a lot of their future to get Barrios. I mean, yeah. you don't do that and then not uh, yeah, they should go Ray after or Ray. at least replace him with someone comparable. That's right. right. Because going after Ray is, but and going after Ray though, is a way of keeping someone who's pitching really well for you without giving up more prospects. Yep. They gave up a lot of prospects for Barrios. You know, they, they grabbed Ryu without giving up prospects. You would think that they yeah. would be interested in getting at least Ray back without having to give up more prospects rather than letting Ray walk and bringing in someone else's pitcher in a trade. And then you got to give guys up. Yeah. Don't pull a reds and mortgage a little bit of the future and then trade away your closer for nothing. I mean, you know, that that's don't do that. But we can't complain about the Reds anymore because they're a playoff team now. Oh, I can complain. And we'll do that in a sec. (laughs) But before we do that, a quick note from our friends at WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, Money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless, except for if you live in those 44 states. But anyhow. Um, <laughs> WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fancy podcast. Come on, California. Let it, make it available to us, please. That's all I ask. Just a little, Just little tiny little thing. Think it over. Yeah. Have a chat. I mean, yeah. if Arizona can have DFS, anything can happen. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's talk my Reds. They got shut down by John Lester. Who's John Lester? He's he's a left-hander. He's he's the Reds kryptonite. He's a left-hander, and that make him makes him the Reds kryptonite right now. Yeah, Jesus Lazardo Sunday Lester. If you look at the Reds and they're like their WRC plus against lefties, it's bad. It's really bad. I went to go pick up Jay Happ and friends and family. Then realized I already had him on my roster because I'm an idiot. But uh, you know, and then I, I went and picked up Tyler Alexander. I wanted to pick up Matthew Boyd. They're all set, scheduled to start this week against the Reds. I'm going to push that envelope as far as I can. And I'm a self-hating Reds fan. I, you know, I can root for the Reds and root for fantasy. I mean, I'm just, you know, you know, if my if 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 Happ gets pounded. Great. That means the Reds are hitting well, and that's good. That's a good thing for me. Um, I'm I'm fine with that. But if 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 they're going to lose anyhow, at least I might as well have my fantasy team, which is a middling middle of the pack team anyhow, benefit from it. If I'm going to try to make a run, I need to stream the heck out of pitchers this last month anyhow. I could not. I I don't know if I could go Tyler Alexander against that's, them. That's I, the bridge too far. Huh? I could go Matt. I think I could go Matt Boyd. I put in some conditional Matt Boyd bids on. Sunday I had him behind Mm -hmm. a couple other players so I was pretty sure I wasn't going to end up with Boyd and they were all kind of like single digit bids but but he was there he was like third or fourth my list but I did not feel good about Boyd 
because he's got the Reds, who I still respect as a lineup, and then he's got two race starts after that, back to back, and they're all and they're all just one start weeks, and we're yeah. getting near the end of the season, so schedule matters more than it usually does to me. So, yeah, but maybe up. where I picked him up is daily moves league, though. Yeah, so for I'm sure. Just, it's literally it's it is the definition of streaming, you know, and yep. that, that's all I'm doing. It's a one off, could be uh, fraught with peril, but let me face that peril, Fred. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I'm maybe it's just I'm too close to the situation. I'm just tired of seeing the Reds getting shut down by lefties. Castellanos is worse against lefties, weirdly enough. Uh, you know, Suarez is terrible. The Punisher is the punished. He he needs to be sent to the minors. I mean, he, he's he's like in an 0 for 24 streak right now, 0 for 25. Wow. Really rough. Oh, well, I don't know. He was at 0 for 22 last night when I last checked. He okay, he might have had a hit after that, but he he's in a bad way. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I would go full out, like throw all my lefties against them, but I can, I get it. Like, it's not a, yeah, I get it, but, but I still, I just have enough respect for the Reds lineup that I wouldn't, I couldn't go like too, too aggressive after it. But I, I, like I said, I could go Matt Boyd, Tyler Alexander's my bridge too far with the Reds against lefties. I was I, just looking ahead to I see if they face it. I was just looking ahead to see if they have any, they have a law. Oh no, that's the wait. Oh, Justin Steele early next week in Chicago, Who, by the way, pitched well against the Reds when they face is the bullpen that blew it. Justin Steele pitched fine in that game and the bullpen gave up like 10 runs in that game. So, okay. It, you know, you know, it, you know, it, it, it's pretty rough. It's really rough. Yeah. Yeah, uh, can't yeah. Say absolutely, enough how absolutely. bad Suarez has been this year. I mean, if he hits against lefties, okay. I mean, it, it solves everything. Yep. Yep. That would yes, that would that would fix a big a big part of the problem. But uh, I don't I don't see I don't see him getting on track anytime soon, and I don't think you do either. No, I don't. Um, I, I, he's a cut right everywhere. Yeah, I gave up on him finally in my twelves. Uh, yeah, and I don't have him in fifteens, but I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's uh, that's probably uh, exactly what what I do if I still held them anywhere. Yeah, and I'm gonna go furtively check and make sure I'm not lying. Uh, I, I have a, a twelve that I think I might have had them in. I got to double check on that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't want. I just don't want to start them. Yeah, I just it's gone. Uh, this is the time of year where you just and I I don't know if I don't know if there is a turning point officially, but for me, there's just this is around the end of August. It's just if a guy's stunk. The whole year. I don't know. I like I'm a buy low guy in you know what I mean? Like I'm a buy low guy in May. And I'm a buy low guy mostly in June. And by July, I'm not as much of a buy low guy, but I'm not yet quite a drop guy. But then when once we get to the second half of August, if you've just stunk the whole year, I think that that's seems to I don't know for me, and there's not there's no math behind that, but that's just emotionally and mentally seems to be my breaking point on these on these players. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of breaking points, Mike Trout, are you dropping him? Yeah, I think I am. I think you have to. What do you think? Don't you think you have to? So the latest on him, uh, we had a note yesterday, Phil, lingering soreness in his right calf. He could be shut down for the season. Let's face it. The Angels aren't going to play in the play in October. Yeah. Why why rush him back? Why? And, you know, keep trying out Joe Adele. Keep trying out Brandon Marsh. Trot out whoever the heck else you want to put Juan Ligueras out there. Fine. Uh, want Justin Upton in his 103 year uh, our batting average for the last couple of weeks out there? Go ahead and do that too. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter. Just make sure Adele and Marsh play. That's all. That that's your only job right now. 
pretty much. Yes, absolutely. I think, and I, I mean, I'm they, they certainly won't rush Trout back. They could, like, I, Trout's a proud guy and like a future Hall of Famer. Like, if he can mm-hmm. get back for the last two weeks, hit a couple home runs, and have something positive to build off the season as he heads into the offseason, I could see that. But because they don't really have a plan for him right now, and we're what now, like four and a half, like, like by the time we, okay, so when we say drop him, for most of us, that'll be Sunday. So, at that point, we'll have, what, like four weeks left? Mm-hmm. So if, if they still don't have a plan for him by Sunday, what are the odds that you see him for more than a week to 10 days? And if you're only going to see him for a week to 10 days, I get it. He could come in and be a hero and hit two homers in the last week and help your team. So I guess I don't have to totally drop Just because he could do that, I guess I don't have to totally drop him if if I really want him on, like on my bench until then. I've been holding him this long, but I'd be very very open to dropping him and for example if i could drop him on sunday i have no trout he's like way off my radar i tend to have him ranked way lower than everybody else in march the last like two or three years so but if if i could if i had him and i could drop him this sunday for someone who for example projects to have a nice two-start week in two weeks that maybe people don't have on their radar i would make that move yeah that, that's kind of where if I if I saw if I saw a guy say next week and I don't think this is is totally like gonna happen I don't think the schedule works out this way but for example if I saw a hitter who's going to Coors in two weeks and I wanted to grab him now and get him on my bench so I can get him now for a dollar and instead of having to fight everyone for him in two weeks you know I would drop trout to create that bench space for him I guess I wouldn't drop him just just to put Jose Iglesias on my bench to think of one of his teammates right. or something. But, um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's where, yeah, I think that that's where I would come in on him. So I have Trout in an AL only league, no yeah. IL spots, only three bench spots. And I've held him this entire time. How, right. how, how dumb do I feel now? And I'm going to cut him now because he, as soon as I find someone I want to get, by the way, I mm-hmm. mean, that's part of the problem. Uh, but you know, I just, I, you know, it's just, it killed me this year. Absolutely. Yeah. I had him and Buxton. So for a month, I'm like, yeah, Buxton's having his year. Yeah. Trout's great. May not be running, but he's been amazing. It's, this is yeah. the best hitting ever. Yeah. And now I've been, I've been holding, and I held those two spots forever. And it's, yeah. It's, and I had like, I, I had many other mistakes that were made, but those were two big ones. That, and just holding on to those guys. Well, there was an update we had on the site in June saying he's about a month away. Yeah. Then another one. Oh, he's 90% back. You know, he's, you know, and, you know, it's just kept on, kept on teasing us. It was like, it was was close. It was close. And then it's not close. Yes. It's no, it's no, everyone who has trout still, it's not their fault. Like you were strung along the whole time. And I'm not saying that they strung you along dishonestly. I think they thought he was coming back. He just kept, reminds me of the Donaldson with the calf injury with the, his last season with the Blue Jays. And it just, it was supposed to be three weeks or something. And then just lingered and lingered and lingered and, and it lingered for basically the whole season. So, I mean, there was no, there's no shame in those who have kept Trout. It's just, I think we've hit the breaking point where reasonably, I, I, I don't even think you can expect a week and a half from him. You could maybe expect a week. And, and, that, and that week, it's probably what are the what are the odds that we even see trout now this year like what do you want to say 25% this is just me i love putting odds on things maybe like 25% that we see him at all this year less yeah so I, you're I holding them for, i think it's like 1 in 20 
I, right. I think so, it's very okay. slim. So you've got a 5% chance. So if you're holding yeah. them, if you split the difference between my guess and your guess, you know, if you're holding them for a 10 to 15 type percent chance, 15% chance on coming back for a week or 10 days, like I said, at that point, I would clear the roster spot for someone who I'm looking ahead on. You do hit a point late in the season. This is an interesting thing in fantasy where I find at the beginning of the year, roster spots are so hard to get because you've got these injured players and you've got to hold them. So your bench and NFBCs and stuff is just jammed with two or three injured guys. And yeah. for some teams, that continues all year. I find it the worst in April. And then it gets better as the season goes along, typically. Like some guys get shut down and then the rest of them get back. And yeah. But you hit a point in September where you can start cutting these injured guys. And then now all of a sudden your bench space actually starts to open up and you can do some things you wouldn't normally have done. Like, like I said, like add some starting pitchers who you don't even want for this week. You just like their talent or add a starting pitcher for two weeks out or add a hitter who two weeks out has a seven or an eight game week and, or has, you know, a, a week where he's got Baltimore and Texas or something and you like the matchup. So you couldn't do that for a lot of the season because you had to hold trout and you had to hold Buxton. Right. Now we're hitting the point where you could cut some of these guys in, and make up a few, you know, a few points in some categories. That's the other one with Trout is like the only way again that you'd hold them is if you think that really in the last week of the season every homer might matter to for you. Yeah. Because that's what that's he's true. not going to steal. But he's not going to steal base for you, and he's not going to move your batting average in a week. Right. Right. And if you're playing a head-to-head -head league or a points league, it might be different. But yes, uh, yes, yeah. that's uh, always worth mentioning. If you if so you've got your way, finals. Those yeah. are Fred's September tips, 12 and 13. Uh, you have to listen very carefully to curate the first 11. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're up. To, yeah, we may get 37 gems in there somehow, but I'm not. Keep I'll keep yeah. working at it. Yeah. We're not going to, but it's going to be non. It, it's going to be all over the place. It's not structured. We got some breaking news and we're going to hit that in just a second. Two big items. Well, one big item and one actually not really big item at all, but I'm going to call it a big item. Uh, we'll hit those when we come back. But first, note from our friends at Thrive NFL is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 guaranteed for NFL Week 1. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you do it. One, visit rotowire.com thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Three, Play in your first paid contest and receive a free, that's right, free six-month Roto-Wire subscription. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. We have an update. We have news news item, D-D-D-D-D-D. Lance Lynn goes on the 10-day IL with right knee inflammation. At least it's not a shoulder like it was earlier this year, but hate seeing that in the stretch run. The guy that's been one of your horses, one of your most reliable guys, and now he's down for a while. Uh, that is a that is a tough one for sure. And he's like you said, he's been he's been the ace for pretty much every fantasy team that he's on. Um, you know, if, if if he's your number two, you did a really good job drafting your ace and him. So you're probably doing really well. Um, there's a team that's very much in it. They'll want Lance Lynn for the postseason. They will not rush him back because their September record doesn't matter that much. So right. they definitely won't rush him back. That being said, they will want him ready for October. So if they can, I think he will make, if he can come back, what did you say? I haven't even seen this news item. So what, what did you say the injury is? Knee, right? Knee okay. inflammation. Uh, first guy I saw reporting it was uh, James Fagan. Fagan, uh, mm -hmm. he writes for The Athletic in Chicago. Uh, gotcha. So White Sox reporter there. Uh, J-R-F-E-G-A-N on Twitter. Um, so uh, 
Yeah, that. I mean, the thing about the White Sox is they're locked. Yeah. At least in terms of the playoffs, we discussed this earlier that home field matters to them. They're way better at home than they are on the road. So that from that standpoint, it matters. But you know, they're locked in from making the playoffs. There's no doubt that they're going to win the mm-hmm. division. They'll avoid the wild card round. They'll be they'll be you know they'll be playing in a playoff series. They'll either be the two seed or the three seed. Absolutely. And because of that, and, and we know that mathematically losing Lynn for three starts or something like that isn't going to change their fortunes dramatically, right? It right. might cost them a game. Maybe they win one out of those three starts instead of two or something like that. They don't win all right. the starts anyway. So um, it's the smart thing for them to do if he's got some knee inflammation. It's not an arm injury. It's not a shoulder injury. Um, I, anything can linger in these guys. But I would say just my first reaction is, to me, this sounds like something that would keep him out for anywhere from one to three starts. He's back in the second half of September, gets himself back in top form for the postseason. I would mm-hmm. hold him everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, After I, would, I told everyone to cut Mike Trout, I would hold Lance Lynn everywhere in hopes of getting three or four starts at the end of the year. At least. I think you at least wait a couple of days. Absolutely. And, and just see which way yeah. the wind's blowing as far yeah. as that goes. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with that one there. Um, yeah. So. We're going to go from one set of socks to another. Uh, talk about the Boston Red Sox. Boy, do they have sorts of some problems. Matt, we'll start with Matt Barnes. First, he lost the closer's job. And then he he became an, another yet another one of their COVID guys. Julian McWilliams, uh, the beat writer for the uh, Red Sox, he covers – who does he – I should say who he's with. He uh, he covers from, from the Boston Globe. So they have uh, nine COVID cases, seven – a positive test and two close contacts. Not all of those are players. Some of those are coaches. Uh, but Barnes is one of them. Kike Hernandez is another one there. They're kind of in a bad way. And this is a, you know, this is a bad time for them to do that. They're, they're kind of, they're, they're trying to hang on for the playoffs. They're, they've really kind of fallen out of the uh, AL East. In fact, it's crazy. The Braves have a seven game lead over the Yankees and nine over the Red Sox. But the Red Sox are the second wild card right now, two games behind the Yanks, um, and they're two games ahead of the A's. So they're and and four and a half over the Mariners. I guess you could include them still. Yeah, it's interesting um, because the Yankees swallow up so much media attention, and I'm not even one of those haters who's like, "Oh, the media." You're a hater. Come Yankees. on, don't lie. No, I'm not actually at all, and my favorite team lives in their shadow, and I'm actually fine with it. I get it. Every sport has them. Every sport. I, I'm mm-hmm. a Leafs fan in hockey. Like every sport has these teams that have massive fan bases. The Yankees are one because yeah, at least the Yankees, the Yankees have earned it. I'm, I'm sorry, absolutely. Two at a swipe. Uh, the Leafs fan with the Leafs logo right, right behind you there. But. <laughs> no, it's it's totally it's totally true. Like they've won. They've I mean, more so than even in football, the Dallas Cowboys or something like that, right? Who right. Are, are so immensely popular and haven't played the Super Bowl in forever. So, um, but they've but anyways, at least won one in our lifetime. I'm just they have, say that. Yeah. they have, and the Leafs have won one in my my parents' lifetime. So that's worth something, I guess. Um, pretty back- pretty snazzy tune by uh, uh, Fifty Mission Cap. I mean, that's yeah. a great song. Great but, song, but, tragically yeah. hip, underrated band. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I was gonna say about the the Red Sox. Yeah. Is, is they're, yeah. They're at a time right now where they should be putting teams away. And what I was going to say about the Rays is the Yankees have won so many games lately that everybody in the media is just gushing over how good the Yankees have been. And they have like, they were like with the blue Jays and now are way ahead of them. They were way behind the Red Sox and now they're ahead of them. Amazing. What nobody ever talks about is the Yankees feel, it feels like the Yankees have won almost every game in like the last three weeks. And in that stretch, they haven't been able to catch the Rays at all. Right. So, well, and now they've lost three in a row. 
They yeah. lost two to the A's over the week, and they lost last yeah. night. They shouldn't have lost it. They got it. They had like a they had a four nothing lead, and then they you know Corey Kluber got lit up. And yeah. It was five four all of a sudden, and then you know it became they rallied to go ahead seven five, and then Andrew Heaney was giving batting practice to the Angels hitters just like it was old times, <laughs> uh, like it was in in spring training or something there. But it was seven seven, and then lost eight seven. Ugly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, by the way, on the Kluber topic, I would start, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not like Kluber's start last night was encouraging enough because he took a shutout into the fifth inning. I would start mm-hmm. him against Baltimore this weekend. It's Baltimore. I would too. I used it's him. Baltimore. I, I picked him up in the NFPC. I picked him up in a lot of places this week. Okay. Because yep. of the two starts. Yep. And I was for four innings, like, good job, Joe. Yeah. Actually, yep. it might have been three. It might have been the fourth inning. I think it was the fourth inning, actually, where he, he ran. Oh, okay. Inning. I thought it was the fifth. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it, it, regardless. You're right. It was out, the fourth. He ran out You're of right. gas. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping for five against Baltimore and a win. It's Baltimore. Like, you have to challenge them with a pitcher on a good team. He threw mm-hmm. 68 pitches. I think he only threw 68, though, because of. how bad the fourth inning went. I think if it went well, he might've gone up to 75 or 80. So I'm hoping he throws 80 and beats Baltimore. I picked him up solely for the Baltimore start on the weekend. I was hoping last night's start would just go a little better than it did. It wasn't a killer though. Like five runs in four innings is bad, but seven base runners isn't terrible and six strikeouts is something. So it wasn't totally terrible, but I wanted, I wanted that Baltimore and the angels aren't that dangerous. Although like I said, in the end, turns out they were, they were, they were in the fourth inning narrator. They were, yeah. but yes. yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm still encouraged. Uh, and you know, they want to get him up to speed for the playoffs. I mean, they, I think what's interesting is they're going to have some decisions to make for their playoff rotation. Uh, I think Jamison Tyon's in obviously Cole's in Cortez. I mean, and, and Montgomery looked like Cortez been, should be in. Yes. Absolutely. But Montgomery's pitching well lately too. I mean, it, it, it's an uphill yeah. battle for Kluber. Uh, I don't think he's guaranteed to get it there, but uh, we'll nope. see. Nestor Cortez gets uh, gets the Orioles this week, and then he gets a big two-step next week. Uh, is that two? No, it's not. It's a one-step. I take that back. I lied again. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm the biggest liar on this podcast. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, he's uh, he gets Toronto next week. That that's I'm gonna normally scary, week. but not as much lately. Yeah, and I still don't want any part of it. I'm I, why tempt fate? Too many good right-handed hitters. Springer's back. I think that's yeah. a big difference. He came yeah. back yesterday. You know, that was one of the tough decisions we had this week because, you know, he had the delay, delay, delay before coming off the IL. Sound familiar from his previous trip? But yeah, he was right in there batting lead off yesterday. You got to have him active and if you have him because he's been a difference maker when he has played. Absolutely. And I think Corey Dickerson, I think I heard you and Scott talking about Corey Dickerson, and I, I think he's a cut now. Next, for next Sunday, I guess it could have been. I, a, I cut him right. in one league. I cut him in one league on Sunday because I read about Springer being close to being back. I think Corey Dickerson's to me is probably a cut now. Might the Jays consider playing him over Guriel? Uh, maybe, I guess maybe. I just don't know if they play him enough. Like, like, like I want as much. Like I want as much playing time <laughs> as possible here in September in mixed leagues. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know. Even if he's sitting two games, I don't think Corey Dickerson's a good enough hitter that. Even if he's sitting, let's say they're in a six game week and he's playing four, I don't think I don't think that's enough for me to start Corey Dickerson. I just don't think he's a good enough player for me to do that. He'd have to be at least starting five, and I don't think he gets there. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this is going to be the breaking news podcast. As we were speaking, the Jays, your Jays, said aloha to Mr. Hand. And aloha means goodbye. They DFA'd him. 
Oh, that makes that trade that I've been complaining about even worse. Like Riley yeah. Adams is already behind the plate for the Nats and doing well. I know he might not be good forever, but he's like, he's something he's got potential. Right. And Brad Han is already gone. And it was so obvious that he didn't have it. Even when he was yeah. on his way out of Washington, yeah. he could see, see he didn't have it. Like it was just mm-hmm. such a bad move. I, I'll give the Jays credit for at least getting out from under it now. Yeah. And not letting him blow any more games for them in September. And not just keeping him to, to pitch in the blowouts. I thought they would yeah. just keep him and let him pitch in all the blowouts. He pitched the eighth or ninth innings of blowouts in September. So I guess good for them for getting rid of him now. They understand the principle of sunk costs. You got to give them that. Yeah. And and rosters are even, I know the rosters don't expand as much, but they are expanding in September. So they could have easily still kept him and brought in another player or two, but they didn't want to do that. Good for them. Yeah, and bad for them for making that trade. That is a that is that is a bad look for a management team like to to trade a, a respectable prospect for a reliever and then cut the reliever a month later with no injury in there. Yeah, Trevor Richards yeah. has been better. Uh, yeah, he's okay. And, he's been fine. Yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, so has uh, Simber. Right, he's been pretty good for them. Absolutely. Yep. Everything's. Yeah. I I like. Yeah. Everything's been fine. It's that trade I didn't like, and I I've already stated on this podcast I didn't like the Brios trade. I just didn't like giving Martin up, but. Um, the hand trade, I just didn't like at all because I just didn't believe in hand and they didn't need it. It wasn't like they were like, Oh, he's going to be our closer. He's got closing experience. Like they already have a good closer. They just needed, they just needed decent middle in middle inning arms. And I don't think they needed to go get hand. They could have got someone who's pitching better, but has less name value Yeah, for, for Riley Adams. To tie up the uh, breaking news uh, section here, Reynaldo Lopez is going to start in Lance Lynn's place. Makes sense. Reynaldo Lopez. If, if you, Look and squint. You can see he might actually be okay. He, he he's actually been decent lately. He, in fact, more than decent. He's got a one fifty nine ERA. It's a start against the Royals. It is on the road. He's got a one fifty nine ERA, point seven one WHIP, thirty seven to seven K to walk in thirty four innings. Fred, he's is he good now? Yeah, uh, he he's he's pretty good. I better go out and pick him up right now and friends and family before you do. Um, I'm not actually going to do that. You can get him if you can get him before the end of this podcast. Um, yeah, he, I think I think he's someone who, if that start goes well, oh, uh, next week's a tough one. It's a home. It's a, well, it's, it's they're not hitting well. It's a home to Boston next week. Yeah. So if you if you're looking ahead, like if that start goes well, he will be added. He's got name value. He's on a winning team. Starting pitching is hard to come by. If that start goes well, <clears throat> excuse me, he will be added in a lot of NFBC leagues on Sunday night. Yeah, he will. The, the uh, by the way, Greg, Greg great. from Rasball has Lopez, so you know we can't out out try to pick up each other. Jenstad okay. did that to me the other day on our podcast. I, I was feeling great shame that I let him do that to me. And I know you and I have kind of jousted before during the pod while trying to pick up a guy in a first come first really while we're talking. Makes for a great uh, great potting. But uh, also, no Tim Anderson tonight. Uh, he's t- continuing to nurse his sore knee. Uh, now this is again we talked about the White Sox. They don't have to really force anything right now. Yes, absolutely. They don't. So, um, and I think, I think keeping Lopez in the mix and stretched out makes a ton of sense for them, especially with the Lynn injury. Rodon's back from an injury. Like just, he could be a playoff starter for them. Yeah, he could. Yeah. Very well could. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Also, Reds Cardinals rained out tonight. Day night doubleheader. Wow. Uh, one and six forty tomorrow. Come on, stop with the day night doubleheader crap. I hate that. Um, anyways, especially when you're drawing eleven thousand people for a key on a Monday night game. Anyways, I mean, come on, guys, mm-hmm. you know, stop being so greedy. Just play a, a traditional doubleheader there, jerks. Yeah. All right. On that note, our uh, an announcement from our sponsor: the new NFL season is fast approaching. And Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. Yahoo is also excited to announce that its platform will now be shark-free. No Fred Zinke, Andy Barron swimming in those waters. Just go on your merry way. You're fine. No Fred. Uh, To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and being shark-free, Yahoo is giving users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. I've done so, by the way, already. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit to offer... Uh, offered to join Yahoo's week one $1 million baller contest. I haven't done that yet. I will do that, though. The one $1 million baller contest features $200,000 in guaranteed prizing overlay. 25% of the players entered will be paid out, including one first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this weekend. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy, daily fantasy, easy for me to say, (laughs) slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer. Again, sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
Thanks to Yahoo and thanks to our friends at Blue Wire for those quick notes. Uh, all right, let, let's hit into a few other things. Uh, we got a question for you here. This is going to count up for, I, I'm going to count this as like five of your 37 tips right now here, Fred, if you get this right. Uh, Bib App Juice wants to know, best SP streamer from now to Sunday? And also, any chance on a prospect starting pitcher call-up this week? I think we are frozen in time with Fred here. No 37 tips for Fred. We'll see if we can get him back here any second now. Um, Fred, you there? Oh, is that... Canadian power is a little tricky these days. Uh, it flickered on him. So we hope to get him in here soon. Uh, we'll do that there. Um, <laughs> nothing like live podcasting here. Uh, I'll, I'll try to answer that a little bit here. Best uh, starting pitching streamer from now to Sunday. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of guys I'm looking at here as possible streams. I mean, there's so many teams to target right now. You can go after the Pirates. You can go after, you know, we talked about lefties versus Reds. I think Matthew Boyd, if he's available, go get him. Um, I, we, we did that a little bit earlier. Uh, looking at a cop, possible other, you know, poss possible guys uh, to stream gets a little dicey. I mean, if you want to bet on any of the Cubs pitchers, but you might want to see if uh, Alzale is available. He's coming off of uh, he's projected to start this weekend against the Pirates. He might be limited in how long he goes. Maybe it's all also that Brad Johnson are you know does mound musings for rotowire go check that out rotowire.com slash try to get that free 10-day trial you can check that out as well it says joe ryan's a worth a look and that's i'm glad you brought him up because we were going to mention him on this pod anyhow as he's getting the call he'll be in that bullpen for the twins the rest of the way uh he gets he gets a start at home against the cubs i kind of like it uh so you know olympic hero he was part of the uh deal for nelson cruz uh if you look at uh what he's done you know so far this year he's had a heck of a year 0.79 whip at Triple uh, A Durham before the trade, and two starts with uh, St. Paul. He's gone nine innings. That's maybe a concern is the lack of length, but a, a two ERA, 0.78 whip at uh, you know, and he was pretty good even before the lockout last year too. So a real legit prospect came over in the Nelson Cruz trade. Looks like he's probably going to get the start on uh, on Wednesday there against the Cubs. He's I know I think it's technically TBA, but He's, he's going to, when the rosters expand tomorrow, he's going to be one of the guys that gets on that list. Good suggestion, Brad. I like it. Uh, we'll go with that there uh, as, as one possibility. And uh, I think we I'm have Fred back. There. You'll do anything to duck a user question, man. <laughs> <laughs> the power flickered at my house, and I don't know why, because it's perfectly bright and sunny out. But I'm back, and I thought of like 10 smart things in the last minute, so I'm ready to go. Okay. First one. I, I, they've already slipped my mind. What was okay. the easier question? Joe, so we were asking about streamers from now to Sunday and a call-up prospect. And Brad Johnson writes Mound Musings for us, answered both in one answer and said Joe Perfect. Ryan. What do you think about Joe Ryan? Yeah, I think he's definitely, uh, definitely an interesting guy now. And this is the type of guy that we're looking for, I think, in September. So lastly, the guys like – well, Nestor Cortez is gone. And the guys like Ronaldo Lopez are going to get – big news because they're on contending teams um guys like joe ryan we just we mentioned bailey ober who's still floating around out there and like a lot of 12 team leagues these guys are are good prospects interesting prospects they're getting a chance on teams that have fallen out of the race um looking at joe ryan's minor league stats this year and, and especially because we don't have a 2020 to go on like his triple a stats this year are great strikeout rates good whips terrific era's good 
like he's getting a chance. This is, these are the kind of guys that you speculate on. And I'm really trying to look hard at, so for example, I don't know how it'll turn out, but I added uh, Glenn Otto from the Rangers in like pretty much every league on Sunday. He was on my list of contingency bids for sure. Yeah. So he was on my, he was at, he was my number one and um, just same thing. I, I know the Rangers are a bad team. Maybe he won't win any games the rest of the way. I don't know. Maybe he won't even pitch well, but minor league numbers look great. His first start was good. And it was against Houston, which is good. And let's give him a shot. And I know he doesn't pitch for the Red Sox, but honestly, if a guy with his minor league numbers came up and threw five shutout in his first start for the Red Sox, he would cost a lot. The, you know, down the stretch, everybody would be all over him. It's these guys on these non-contending teams. I think Joe Ryan's well, I'll be watching his debut and seeing what comes of it because I think he's really interesting. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. One guy that won't be starting, he's going to probably return on Wednesday for the Padres is Denelson Lamette. Uh, he's lined up to return Wednesday. Rosters expand reminder of that. Uh, but Looks like they're not going to use him in the, at least from what I can tell, because I don't think that he can go that deep. Now, granted, they, they're in a stretch here where they had no game on Sunday. Thanks, baseball, for that stupid scheduling. <laughs> that oh, wait, I use that word again. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I gotta use your, use your words, Jeff. Use better words. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're off tomorrow. I mean, Thursday, excuse me. And then they're off again next Monday. They're off again next Thursday. They only have five games next week. So they don't really need a fifth starter for a really long time. And thank goodness for that because Ryan Weathers has been terrible. Mm-hmm. They did get Chris Paddock back and he pitched pretty well yesterday. Um, yep. Are you interested in Chris Paddock, or is that just a, a one-off there because it was the Diamondbacks? Yeah, so I would say I probably won't get any Paddock because someone in my leagues will be like legitimately interested in him. Mm-hmm. I'd be more interested in him as a streamer. Um, you know, his numbers this season, so the ERA is terrible. It's 498. But his whip's 129. That's not a killer. And his FIP is 353. So, okay, like like maybe he's had some bad luck. His BABIP's high. It's 330. Maybe he should be more like a four. Yeah, I'm not going to go all in on the fit, but maybe he should be more like a four ERA guy. So I'm interested in him, but more as a streamer. He's, again, the kind of at the level of pitcher where now that he had a decent return, I'll look at his matchups for the for the first two or three weeks of September. If I think I would use him for multiple weeks, then I'll I'll go in on him. And if I don't, then I probably won't. There'll probably be someone in my league who bids. 40 bucks on him or something like that and at this time of the year that's basically like a hammer and i and i won't be involved in it that's just my guess because he had a successful return he has a big name but if i liked his upcoming matchups i'd throw 10 or 15 bucks at him and and rotate him in my lineup are you interested at all well i have him in places as a keeper and i'm going to use them just Cut. because i don't really have better alternatives like i lost jack flaherty okay i'll slide in paddock uh but next two starts are home against houston and then at the dodgers Okay, there, there answers my question. I'm probably yes. out. Yeah. I, I so that's where I'm yeah. at with him. Like, I'm not adding him just blindly on, on like, oh my gosh, Chris Paddock is back. I got to get him in the lineup. Like, this didn't work out well, but I mentioned on this podcast a couple weeks ago when Dee Sclafani was dropped in one of my leagues when he had that first IL stint. And I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going after him. Now, so far, it hasn't worked out too much because he went on the IL. I got a brief start out of him and then he went on the IL and then he was back, but he didn't throw a lot of innings. But they say he wasn't hurt. They're just limiting him. So sure, I'll take your word for it. I didn't put him in my lineup this week because he faces the Dodgers. And hopefully it'll still work out after that. But bottom line is when Di Scalfani was dropped, I felt like he is at, at a level of talent where I didn't even care about the schedule. I wanted him in, on my roster down the stretch. I'm not there with Paddock. Yeah, I agree. 
want to uh, shine the light on two Mariners pitchers. Uh, might have gone under the radar for people. Now, be aware, I'm using selective endpoints for this first okay. one. Marco Gonzalez, since July 9th, in nine outings, has a is 5-0 and with a 224 ERA and a .99 whip. Now, he's not getting you Ks. That's part of, you know, that's part of the drawback on him. And I'm purposely not including his July 30 outing where he got crushed by Texas. But he had, he's lowered his ERA from a high of six all the way down to 402. Meanwhile, his teammate Chris Flexen pitched last night, didn't get the win, but again pitched well at home. He's 11 and five with a 352 ERA. These are two like kind of mm-hmm. hidden gems for them right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 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 another good example of finding pitching. I know the Mariners aren't a bad team, but they're kind of this year not a buzzy team at all, like in fantasy right. and especially with the six-man rotation stuff. Now, what's interesting about Gonzalez is the numbers you read out read so much like his numbers from last season and that yeah. abbreviated season, 310 ERA, 0.95 whip. So when he gets to the point where he's like walking no one, and that's what he was at last year, seven walks, um, he, he's – pretty darn effective and and flexen's been yeah been, i have him on a couple uh draft and holds and i end up putting him in my lineup more often than not he's been pretty solid all season like you're right he's on a bit of a heater lately where he's like lowered his era but when you go back and look through like his era did get up over five at one point so he had a disastrous start in late may eight runs in one and two thirds um, going into that start, his ERA was 3.46. It just took him a while to work off that one start. Yep. Um, but basically it was like a three, four, six before that start. And it's probably about a three, two, like since it ended. And, uh, you know, he's been pretty consistent. He's he gets seven innings in, in some starts, a lot of six inning starts. Um, he'll be someone next year. I could see me drafting in, in some leagues as like, my S no one will want the strikeout rate's bad. So no one may want him. I could see me drafting him as like my SP six, five, six yeah. in some leagues and just sure. thinking about streaming him in and out of my lineup depending on what my, and almost not depending on what, how he's doing. Cause he's pretty consistent, but depending on how my other pitchers matchups are, I put him in when I need him. I take him out when I don't, because he's not going to make or break you. Yeah. Chris Flexen is a very streamable pitcher too, yeah. because like just use, Use him for his home starts, 273 and 112 versus yeah. the road, 455 and 144. Uh, by the way, Tyler Anderson, since joining the uh, Mariners, 315 ERA, 25-3K to, to walk. Yeah, I was ju- and I was just writing him up because his next start, he gets to go back to the National League and faces the Diamondbacks on, I think, Friday. So yeah, that's all nice three of those guys that we mentioned are facing yeah. the Diamondbacks this weekend. So those are also amazing. In, 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 in thinner mixed leagues, 12-team mixed leagues, 10-team mixed leagues for sure. Those they're probably available and they're, they're pretty, probably pretty good streams. So uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and Tyler, uh, Tyler Anderson, someone who I have on a few teams. Um, yep. And I, I feel like he's like, he's, he's not, he's not exciting or anything, but you know, when guys get out of Coors, we get interested in them. He got out of Coors last year with the giants, but it was just that abbreviated season and he didn't, he wasn't mm-hmm. bad, but he didn't really take off. And then, and then he was a complete, like I forget if I paid one dollar or got him in the reserve round in Tout NL, but it was one or the other. Like that's how low his status was. He was undrafted in all the fifteen team leagues, unless it was a draft and hold. And and in an NL, he was that was that cheap. People really jumped off him. But now in his second full season, not having to deal with Coors Field, he's just been a little bit better this year. So I, yeah. I think he's just kind of a safe, cheap, low end guy. I think I see Flexen as maybe a little better, but basically in the same light. 
Yeah, I think that's I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Anderson, I mean, he just had that one hideous game against the uh, Braves where they just kept leaving him in. Yeah. They're just like, ah, yeah. Throw yeah. in the damn towel already. Uh, they did that with he and with Tyler Anderson and they did it with uh, Brubaker, too. Uh, they, yeah. they just the Pirates did that. So yeah. uh, I remember that just kind of crushed them for the, their season numbers. Let's close with a couple Cardinal notes. Uh, what are you doing with the Cardinal closers? Are you full steam ahead on Giovanni Gallegos? I want to be. He's their best reliever. Like he's been their best reliever. I don't know for now since 2019. Like he's been there. He's like Giovanni Gallegos is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. if, if he's their full time closer. Is Giovanni Gallegos not like a top 10 closer the rest of the season? Like his, his whips the last three seasons, 0. 0.81, 0. 0.87, 0. 0.87. Uh, just, just eyeballing it, his ERA off, off those three seasons is, is under three. So if this guy just gets every save chance for the Cardinals the rest of the way, I don't think there's more than 10 closers out there who are have better skills than him. And then the, Card- and the Cardinals are a middle of the pack team that could easily generate the most save chances the rest of the way. They could be anything like they're yep. not the pirates. If the pirates did that, I'd be shocked. Um, the Cardinals should generate a decent number of save chances. So I would, I think if we were drafting today for just September and I knew he was a closer, he would be in the top 10 closers for sure. I'm if he's on my waiver wire and I'm at all in the saves race, like I'm, I'm, going I would go hard after him on Sunday because there's a lot like so for example him versus Joe Barlow is interesting to me because I feel more confident that Joe Barlow is the Rangers closer and he's pitched really well since he's been in the majors but he doesn't have this kind of track record like Gallegos I think I'd rather take a shot on Gallegos instead of Barlow oh I think that's an easy yeah well I mean I mean the Cardinals 85 (laughs) for sure the only thing is is the Cardinals could mix and match saves the whole rest of the season whereas the Rangers seem a little more intent on making it Barlow like it was Barlow until he got that blister and then as soon as he came back they threw him right back into a save situation true so I mean he is but I'll still take that I mean the Cardinals are two and a half games out on the Reds in the wild card I mean, and they're playing two more games against them this week, and they've got yeah. NL Central scheduled the rest of the way. I mean, you absolutely, I, I, I like the Cardinals are not dead yet, so they could yeah, absolutely they could easily yep. uh, be, throw themselves in. And then you asked, why are you still holding on to Yadi Molina? Why are you holding on to Yadi uh, Molina? I don't know, and I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be, especially in a league where I need some homers and some steals, like because he plays. So he mm-hmm. plays every day, and he and he gets some. Oh gosh, I was going to say he gets some counting stats, not a lot. I guess in the world of catchers, getting eight or nine RBIs a month is something, right? Like that's yeah. like fifty over a season. That's something in a two catcher league. That's that's good actually, like for your second catcher. So you know, he you know hit honestly, he hasn't killed you. He hit two sixty this month. The only way he's killed you, and this is really like he's hit one home run since the beginning of June. Oh my God, that's so bad. Like one home run in three full months. Like, this is they, why ugh. you pay attention all the time. You, you, you should do a self-review on your own players. Absolutely. This is 37, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> I did do one of the, self, I, I did that self-review. I did, I did that self-review at the all-star break. I did just for example, and I did it again, the beginning of August after the trade deadline though, just for people who are interested in when you do them, I thought the all-star break is a great time because you got a few days without baseball to do it at that point i was like hey uh keep molina but like he needs to get going and then after the trade deadline i think is another time because you usually make a flurry of waiver wire moves then and then kind of see where you're at and then i should do and i should do another one probably this week heading into this weekend for september because now we're really heading into those last four weeks or so after this week but every time i think i'm gonna drop him if there's someone i like 
and then I just haven't totally found in one league. I dropped him for Jan Gomes um, in the, in the league where I have him still, which is my main event league. I just haven't found anyone to pick up. Ru- even Kiebert Ruiz was, I was all ready to go in on him. And then he, he's already, already owned still from when he was first up with the Dodgers, I guess. Yeah. It's tough finding guys that aren't rostered that are still <sighs> useful. I mean, uh, I, I ended up, although I picked up Alejandro Kirk in one of my two mains this week. That I would have been interested in doing that for sure if he was available in mine. Like yeah. you said, Molina's not that's what it always comes back to is he's not hurting your batting average. So he's hitting 253. I think my heat my team's hitting 258. So he's not hurting your batting average. And then mm-hmm. he plays. Like he like he plays every day. He's got, you know, but he but on, on in all honesty, like to just to bring some attention to this and heading into next year, he hit five homers in April and has hit three cents. You know, he drove in 26 runs in the first two months and has driven in 25 cents in the last three. Like he has really tailed off to the point where I'd say next year, my projections for him will be like 40, 45, maybe 45 RBIs and like 30 runs. Like it's, he is getting old and it's good. My projection for him next year for home runs is probably going to be like five or six. And and he does even he does steal the odd base. He's got three this year. I might didn't he sign and he signed for one more year. Didn't he, he signed for next year is is the farewell tour. So All right. I, I, I imagine what sort of reception he's going to get in Cincinnati. I'm sure that'll be <laughs> a fun one. Fun memories there. All right, we'll close with that. Uh, I want to thank uh, WinBet, our title sponsor. They sponsor every one of our baseball and football podcasts this fall. So we appreciate that. I want to thank you guys for listening. Hey, on Thursday, I haven't booked a guest yet. If you waited this far. To the end of this uh, podcast, if you want to suggest who I should invite, I'm going to put this out on Twitter too, so you don't have to really technically listen as far. Someone who I haven't had this season that you'd want to hear from, let me know. The only caveat, it has to be early. I'm out on the road to Vegas in the, in the evening, so haven't been able to lock in anybody yet. Let me know. Who do you want to hear on this podcast? And I'll try to book them. Uh, so let me know. Put in the You're right. Put, put in the tweet. I listen to the end of the podcast and yes. this is who Brownie I want points. and That's you'll get right. extra consideration for your dedication. That's right. That's right. Let us know. I'll, I'll do my best to book them. All right. Thanks. Again. Thanks again for listening. We've got the prospect pod tomorrow with uh, Clay and James. Make sure to tune in. Thanks for listening. Take care.